2020 is still focused. The vision is still clear. Uh, it's your boy MC Search along with Plum Ice, all also known <laughs> by Craig G as Plumus. Um, Plumus. Plumbus. Like, it's something, I forget what cartoon like, it's from. Plumbus Futurama? Yes, Plumbus. Yeah. Well, I have to ask these two guys. They are legends. Legends in the uh, in the cartoon graphic novel game. Um, I'm very glad uh, to know these guys since they were true homies, meaning we were in the same homeroom together, the high school music and art. Uh, they've been doing graphic novels together and separately for about a thousand years. Ladies and gentlemen, long time. true legends. I mean, and truly just legends. Um, when I tell people I know them, they go, really? Dean Hasfield, Josh Newfeld are in the building. The homies are here. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks for having us on. Thanks, man. It's so good. I mean, Dean is, you know, I I talk to Dean all the time because Dean harasses me on Facebook. (laughs) But Josh, man, gosh, it is so good to see you. Gosh, Josh. Josh, Josh. (laughs) Lyrics all day. That's why I'm an MC. Exactly. I mean, Goodness, it is so good to see you, brother. I cannot tell you how much I love seeing your face and uh, how much it's widened since high school. <laughs> um, tell me about it. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Plumbus. Thank, Thank you, Plumbus. Uh, Plumbus is from Futurama, right? Plumbus? Yeah, yeah, I think yep. so. Okay, thank you. So um, let's let's go. Let's take it back for a minute. You guys, did you guys meet in high school? Is that how you both connected? In the lunch oh, yeah. freshman year cafeteria freshman year yep <laughs> so now where are you from originally in the five boroughs josh uh brooklyn and dean is from brooklyn right no 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 i moved no. to brooklyn 23 years ago but i i was i was born in new york hospital raised in manhattan upper west side the ghetto of the upper west side uh, yeah. <laughs> of it course nice must be nice yeah exactly. it was very yeah, you yeah. had a struggle at Zaybars for a holiday. Zaybars, H and H bagels. You know, yeah. it was had, difficult. Had, had to buy the day old bagels. Such a struggle. Such a struggle. That's struggle. right. Months. <laughs> exactly That's right. right. So, did you guys like have an immediate kinship? Because I remember, you know, again when we went to when we went to Mister Greenberg's homeroom, um, we were like you guys were, you know, two peas in a pod for the most part off rip. I mean, was that kind of the case? Well, actually, I think Dean and I were in different homerooms, but we hung out like everywhere else and especially in the lunchrooms. So um, that's I believe I met you search for the first time in the lunchroom while you were like putting beats down on the on the cafeteria table. <laughs> yeah, but if I was doing that, I was whispering the rhymes. So if I was doing that, because I did not want to hear any, I didn't want, I was so, first of all, it was at a time where I didn't think white people were allowed to rhyme. Mm-hmm. Like I did think there was a rule. So mm-hmm. like if I was banging on the table, my rhyme sounded something like this. I'm MC Sergeant. 
<laughs> just make sure nobody's listening. And if anybody looked at me, I was like, you know, I'd be like, oh, oh, oh you know, what was that? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, oh, no, no, no. I wasn't rhyming. No, no. That was I remember thinking, I remember thinking, well, first of all, yeah, you and I were in the same homeroom with a bunch of uh, other other pals. But I kind of remember thinking that you were going to grow up to be a comedian because you were so funny all the time, man. You were always telling jokes. You you energize the room. That's what I remember a lot. Uh, and then Josh and I, I guess you remember meeting in, in the lunchroom, Josh. I don't even remember how we met, but I, it had to have been through comics, right? Like I might have been, I had some artwork on me. Maybe you had some artwork on you. And that's how we found each other. A lot, a lot of us in music and art were the, were the guys and some girls who were into comics yeah. and would be drawing these things instead of doing their homework or instead of doing the art class kind of thing or whatever math. I was terrible at math. I was drawing comic books, you know, and that's how you found each other was either through what you drew or the fact that you had a stack of comics with you instead of reading, you know, social studies books. Well, that was the thing. greatest thing. And just so for people outside of New York who don't know, um, you know, there was this, at the time there was a famous movie called Fame, which was about performing arts. But there were these specialty high schools in New York that you had to audition for. We called them public privates, where it was a public school. Anyone could get in as long as you qualified. Right. So music and art had voice, instrumental and art. And, you know, if you were a talented enough artist, you got into this school, you didn't have to pay. I mean, we even got train passes, like, which was crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. get on the train seven days a week, which was super fresh. And, um, and, and the first three years of high school, we went to music and art in Harlem. And then our senior year, music and art got married to performing arts, i.e. fame, and became LaGuardia High School right next to Martin Luther King. Which was a whole other thing. A whole other thing. <laughs> oh, and we'll get it. I mean, we can go deep into like Martin Luther King, LaGuardia beefs. Yep. But um, I, I really want to stay on the love side of this conversation. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but, um, but there were no know, beefs. They just beat us down. That was all that happened. <laughs> was, maybe they beat you down. But uh, <laughs> I remember oh, was, I, I never caught one. It's funny. I caught more beatdowns uptown. I never uh -huh. caught a beat down on 59th Street. Well, I was fast, so I could always get away. But like, yeah. it, it it seemed very one sided. Those uh, they probably called you That's OJ it. in the day because you were so quick. <laughs> That's right. Like, OJ, <laughs> look at OJ. I think he was. Josh was too small. Was, you couldn't see him. Although he was so fast. white, he is one of the whitest people of it. Like his complexion right it's like it's like magnesium right like like you turn off the lights and josh is you can see josh right yeah, like no. yeah. oh yeah he, yeah he i don't have any lights on me right now i'm just, just wow. yeah. <laughs> you're fluorescent it's amazing but it what, I was, what i was going back to is that you know you talked about instead of doing homework you were doing art but art was our homework like voice yes. singing was our homework That's playing right. instruments was our homework and I just remember the dopest things about having you guys around and it wasn't just you and it wasn't, you know, there were other people um, was that you guys would make your own comic books. Like mm -hmm. there was like, there was like these fold over comic books where you created your own characters. Have any of those characters kind of transcended time and now follow you into your kind of graphic novel um, work that you do now? Do you want to answer first? Ask Josh, yeah, I was going to say okay. Josh because Dean, you'll cannibalize the conversation if I. <laughs> well, I think Josh Newfeld and the Seven Stooges doesn't count because that was <laughs> that was the comic book that was made sort of against my will that featured me as as this super powered white 
boy. <laughs> and there were these analogs of all the rest of the gang that were that were members of the of the supporting cast. Uh, so everybody made an appearance and all the other guys in the in the group would draw like pe pages from this comic. And it kind of became this this, uh, you know, jam comic that everybody was putting together. That just happened to feature me but no, dean's characters i think some of them survive to this day I, my whole thing of comics has really changed because i do like non-fiction comics now but uh it, you know it's a good thing because the stuff i was doing there then was not um not worthy let's just say but dean but, speak on that well there's a similarity though to what you're saying to hip-hop in that yeah uh, uh, to have a drawing power I remember often people would be like, yo, draw that teacher or draw that, you know, my enemy or something and make them look whack or something. And you had a certain power to like draw somebody not cool looking. I mean, in fact, I got punched in the face once because of something I was drawing. Right. So there was a power to your art. And and in talking about Josh Ufeld and Seven Stooges, I, I remember like in hip hop, it's like friendly fire. You can really like you know, you're rapping and, and you're rapping about a, a, a you know, a, a comrade or competition, you know, and, and then, you know, then at one point it was West Coast versus East Coast and all that stuff later on. So like there was a certain similarity. The only difference was that comics weren't cool. <laughs> Hip hop was cool. Comics took many, many years to get cool. You know, now we're called graphic novelists. You know, we're just comic book artists, right? Exactly. But, but I think for a long time and, 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 and 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 search you can talk about this like in 85 i mean there was eric b and rakim uh right run dmc no, definitely no, run no, dmc run dmc for sure fearless four okay um grandmaster flash or furious five who did me ll cool j eric b and rakim were until 86 87 until 86, so right after so what were you like you were, were you like thinking about becoming a rapper in 85 the last you know senior oh, yeah. year of high school oh, yeah yeah but you know but for me like what was so cool was that i remember having these conflicting conversations where like i would be on one side of the lunchroom and i'd be hearing the original peter gunn battling a kid that we went to school with named Rufus Witherspoon and calling him in a battle, Rufus Doofus Witherspoon. Mm. You should have so whack. I'm going to send you to the moon. Like, and it just, mm -hmm. I thought it was the craziest that I ever heard. And then I would pivot and then it'd be you, Danny Nunez, jo and you'd be talking about like Marvel comic 142 when the X-Men <laughs> introduced Daredevil. Like, and I'm like, right. like right. just sucked into this whole world. And then it became almost a part of the my whole part of my rhyming where I wanted to be a superhero like how do I mm -hmm. present myself as being something greater than because you know the truth of it was I was this little dinky Jewish kid from Far Rockaway Queens that you know literally would ride two hours and 22 minutes on the A train to go to this magical place, this castle on a hill, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and experience all of this amazing talent that I didn't think I was really like, I didn't feel worthy to be around. Like I remember I was the only kid in my, in my whole class that was in senior chorus all four years. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, and I still to this day thought I was, had the worst voice. Right. And, and so when I got around chorus, I sang off key because I was watching everybody else. So they gave me, 
senior at senior like awards night i got the award for like the most off-key tenor like they gave me that award like you know like i remember it like i remember that and i remember being off-key because i was so mesmerized mm. like i was so there was like nothing but i mean you had ricky d dana dane jay cool from the fresh dmc's lord Turu from the eternal force there was great graffiti artists west and flight and Keo and then you guys and there were great sculptors and painters and I just did not feel worthy and it felt even worse when we combined it with LaGuardia and I met Chaz Bono and Jennifer Aniston mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. all of these amazing talents and I'm like yo what am I gonna do like I'm not gonna go to I, I I'm gonna chase this rapper thing and just like that's what I'm gonna do and when I, you know, when I made that decision, that was just ultimately the, the the decision. But I felt really lost around just talent that I didn't feel. Did you feel like it was be around? Like you felt like a fraud or something, right? Yeah, like yeah. I, I've definitely been in residencies, artist residencies, um, specifically a place called Yado in Saratoga Springs. I've gone like four times. And when I first show up. And I, you know, I've been granted this special space, you know, to to make art and do what I want, kind of thing, uh, non judgmentally. I always, the first week, I'm meeting all these different kinds of people. They're so cool and like experts in their field or innovators. And I always feel like a fraud. And I always think, you know what? No, I gotta look at the man in the mirror, and I, I gotta confront myself and push myself because I'm surrounded by really talented people making things and making things that I'm not making or making things I wouldn't even necessarily be interested in. Right. And so I feel like the same, maybe the same feeling uh, in high school, because I knew I wanted to do comics at age 12. I think Josh knew he wanted to do comics when he was young and they weren't teaching comics. They weren't teaching rapping and hip hop in music and art, you know, LaGuardia high school, you know? So I felt like an outlier, you know? So I felt like I had to be even more committed and just, you know, kind of um, actualize my passion in, and and just say, screw it, man. I'm going to go in this other direction where I don't get a degree. The degree is doing it. Right. You know? No, I get it. It's right? funny. One of my favorite new artists, uh, well, new albums, not a new artist because he's been around a long time, but this kid, Big Sean, just put out Detroit too. And one of my favorite lines is he, he said, you know, in high school, he studied biology uh, and chemistry, but they never taught him how to deal with anxiety. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Mm, and it's, it's mm, such a great line. Yep. Just it's yep. perfect. You know, you know, you you learn all of these things that don't become functional parts of your, you know, EQ, your emotional mm -hmm. quotient. But the things that you really need to learn, like managing your anxiety, managing this feeling of feeling less than or feeling like you're not, you know, you're not worthy of being able to compete with some people that are out there that are great. Um can debilitate you, especially when, you know, you're leaving high school and you're literally leading, leaving this very creative space where you had four years to do nothing but just like push yourself. Right. So you have this great balance. And I, and I love that balance. There was this balance of pushing myself as a vocalist, pushing myself to learn music theory, you know, doing like, I was also terrible in math, but it was something I had to pass and you'll know, go in gym and playing ball and all of that. But then going to the lunchroom and being able for 45 minutes to express myself and just be around my friends who are like, yo, I'm going to do this comic about jerk off, man. And I'm right. a, I'm, a, I'm just I'm yo at lunch. I'm a battle. Ba, ba, ba. You know what right. I'm saying? And like 
and, right. and have all this amazing creativity. I was uh, at a meeting today and, and, and it's very, there's very few times where I find that people can relate to what we went through. And what I mean by that is there's not a lot of high schools where you can say, I went to high school with some of the greatest people that ever walked the earth in their, in their field. Right. But I was in a meeting today where there was a bunch of people that went to the same high school in the Valley with Ice Cube, Ice-T, Danny Boy O'Connor, Everlast, you know, and I'm in this room and they're talking about how there was so much pressure and how few people can understand. And I got a huge smile on my face because I get it. Mm-hmm. It was what mm-hmm. motivated me was the same, you know, and this guy Epic Mazer came out of there and produced Belle Biv DeVoe and New Edition and did, you know, Crazy Town and, and did Butterfly with his band. And, you know, it's just all this creativity. When you guys left high school, obviously you knew what you wanted to do, but what was that like those first Ugh. six months in your mother's basement? Like going, okay, fuck, what, what's next? Josh. Josh, Josh, please. Well, I mean, first of all, I know exactly what you're talking about, Search, because when I got to high school, I had been like the star artist in, eight, you know, in middle school. And, and like the the comic guy and the guy who could draw this and that. And then I get to music and art and there are all these people who are way better, you know, craftsmen and, and way better illustrators than I am. Plus, there's some guy, a bunch of guys, including Dean, who are making comics at a more serious level than I had been doing it. So right away, I had like this existential crisis, you know, where it's like, holy crap, I got to up my game if I'm serious about this, you know. And so... I joined up with Dean's group and started, you know, my own little company. Like they were, like you were talking about, they were making their own like self-published mini comics. We didn't know to call them that then because that's like a big thing now, zines and mini comics, but that's basically what they were doing. And I think Dean had a, had a connection. Like his mom had like a free Xerox machine at her office or something. So that that was how we were able to afford to get the, because back in those days, like there were no scanners and no computers. If you did your pages, you had to somehow shrink them down on a, on a big photocopier down to the right size and then print them double sided. It was all like this very technical stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, when I, you know, it was only because I saw that I had a long way to go to even be at the same level as Dean and Mike Houston and Eric Waldman and all these other folks and Gina Cole, like all these names, you know, um, that I started studying, the, you know, more carefully studying the form, understanding that you had to like work at stuff like anatomy and perspective and foreshortening and all that stuff. And uh, like Dean said, you know, this none of this was being taught officially at our school. It was all it was all on the down low that we were doing this stuff and doing it in Spanish class or in math class or at home on the weekends when we should have been out partying or doing something social. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that sense of insecurity fed that drive to get better and to, you know, keep reaching higher and higher. And, um, so getting to your actual question, uh, Dean and I went in really different directions after high school. Cause you, you didn't go to college right away, whereas I went straight to college and I kind of was in a similar thing. I went to Oberlin College out in Ohio. And again, it was like comics were not the thing. Um, you know, you had to study like a serious academic thing. And so, again, I was doing comics on my own and Dean and I were staying connected through these characters that we had created that we would send each other. It's, it's great. I mean, it's still something I'm amazed that we did. We would send each other these letters where we would draw a full page comic of our characters battling each other. And then 
send the original comic off to our friend and be like, okay, you know, cause it ends on a cliffhanger with like my character impaling his character and be like, all right, your turn to respond, you know? And uh, then he'd have, to, then he would come up with uh, a page where his character would escape from this, you know, uh, violent demise and, and return the favor to my guy and return it. And then, you know, send that back to me. And we kept that up like the whole, I think all of my freshman year while Dean was in his mother's basement. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I will tell you that I, for three and a half years after high school, I was in my mother's basement. But I mean, she gave me permission because she said, look, I'll give you three years if you're not going to go to college because I had a full ride to go to college. So if you're not going to go oh, to right. college, you're going to chase this whole rapper thing. Um, you know, I'll give you three years, but at the end of three years, you got to get out of my house. And literally three years <laughs> to the a, day is when I signed my deal. my deal to contract. Nice. Well, yeah, it's a crazy, it's a crazy story. I'm actually <laughs> I'm working on the podcast for it now, but it's a crazy story. My mother was, may she rest in peace, but my mother was, I mean, she was totally supportive of my career to the point where it was obsessive. And uh, it was, uh, it was, it was great because Look, I was, you know, I got a, a scholarship to go to George Washington University. Well, it was the George Washington School of Music in St. Okay. Louis. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and I, I wasn't going to St. Louis. There was, I'm like, yo, I'm from Queens. <laughs> Fuck is in St. Louis. Like, you know, and I love, and now I love St. Louis. Like, I love, you know, I love the city. I, lo I love going there. But I was 18 years old. Like, I'd never been off my block. Um, I'd never been on a plane until I was in, in the group, you know, so there was nothing for me outside of New York except New York. And um, I made the best decision for me I ever made. Um, let's fast forward. You know, you guys get together, you start making uh, comics. What was the first comic you guys worked on together? So the first one is one I probably don't talk about very much, <laughs> which was Stars and Stripes number one, the backup oh, feature. Yeah, yeah. we we'll talk about that. <laughs> I yeah, I wrote a comic and penciled it. You know, in 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 the comics world, there's all these like different jobs that people have. There's like mm -hmm. a writer and a penciler and an inker and a letterer and all this stuff. It's like an assembly line. And Dean, uh, Dean, you must have hooked me up with this gig, right? Because you were already publishing um, the verdict. So you got me in the, the, the back door at Eternity Comics and, and I did this backup feature about the superhero. And I guess part of the deal was that Dean would ink it like that, like how they enabled me to do it. I don't even remember. Well, the they wanted to look good. So, right, exactly. Yeah. So I had to ink so it. You had to be involved. That's right. <laughs> Splash. Splash on him. Splash on him. There we go. Bring it up. Bring Splash on him. Oh, Josh, Josh is used to this. This is this is half our conversations. Is how oh, I'm sure. I'm a better artist than him. Um, but no, I mean, I actually just saw that Phil DeGene gave a shout out. I want to give a shout out back to Phil, who was one of our. Yo, uh, Phil. In our, in our Phil. Phil. <laughs> Esquire. That's Bill, right. Bill Esquire. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. I still when, think it's uh, it's crack that keeps him that skinny, by the way. But is that what it is? I know. What's this? What's his Dude, story? Yo, he looks better now <laughs> than he better. did in high school. Way That's better. Right. Crazy. Better than us. That's yeah, right. That's way right. better than us. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, but right. I, I mean, basically, you know, Josh and I collaborated on and we collaborate to this day still, which is crazy, you know, like it depends on the project because actually what's great about what I love about Josh and I is our different sensibilities. Like, it, you know, we have like-minded kind of pursuits, but our approaches and how we, uh, feels like got jokes, <laughs> but, um, but 
you know, I we, we just we, we come at things so differently with different points, which is great, you know, because that means that our collaboration yields something that we wouldn't do on our own, you know. Totally. And so that's what I love about it. And so we did uh, a comic, uh, a two man anthology called Keyhole, where uh, Josh pursued more of the autobio and travel stories type thing. I hopscotched around. I did all kinds of genre plus doing um, kind of autobio stuff. Your and then best stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, according to you, <laughs> um, but, but then at one point we, we have been reading this guy, uh, Harvey Picar, who's basically the progenitor of autobiocomics, right? He, he couldn't draw, but he wrote, uh, most of his life in comics, his life stories, and he used many different artists and Josh and, he, and one of them is American Splendor. But American, American, sorry, American Splendor is the comic series, and then there was a movie and and collections galore and everything else. And we'll get to the to what a podcast that Josh and I did later. But uh, Josh wrote him, sent him some artwork, and and got a gig. And I was like, oh my god, that's awesome! But if Josh can get a job, I definitely can get a job, right? Blast. So, there we go. There we go. No, but this is what happened. <laughs> but I send my artwork, crickets, nothing. I hear nothing, right? I'm like, so I have a little bit of a panic attack. I'm like, wait, Josh, did, did he... you kombosh that, Josh? Just FYI, did no, you be like, never? Did you tell I Harvey like, yo, don't fuck with that dude. <laughs> don't fuck with dude. I will fuck your whole shit up if you fuck. With <laughs> but but so so like a year or so goes by. I even published a two page story about the fact that I sent artwork to Harvey Picard. Heard nothing. Instead of American Splendor, I called it American Dilemma. Right. <laughs> and so and I wondered was I too into superheroes? Was was I too stylized? What was it? And then about two years go by, and I get a phone call out of the blue from a guy who is acting like Harvey Picar trying to give me a gig and he's using words like, you know, and I'm like confused. I, I, I feel like someone's pulling a prank on me and he's saying stuff like, well, don't you want to make some bread, man? I'm like, come on now. Stop, stop, stop messing with Talks me. Like, like that. Who talked like, and that's like a cartoon <laughs> I, version I, of I, I do. You do? <laughs> it might've been. So he gets really mad, tells me to fuck off and hangs up the phone. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, wait, that might have been really Harvey Picard. <laughs> and I call up Josh. And the first thing I say is, Josh, were you just pulling a prank on me? And he's like, what are you talking about? So I explained to him what happened. I think Harvey Picard, for some reason, out of the blue, called me two years later. And he said, and I explained the conversation, the fact that he used the term bread and stuff like that. And he went, Dean, that was Harvey Picard. You messed up. <laughs> so I was like, do you have his phone number? Can I call him back? Right. And so I call him back. He picks up. He's a little disgruntled with me. And I'm like, listen, I apologize. I thought Josh Newfield was pulling a prank on me. I've always been wanting to work with you. Um, and, and he says, well, what do I got to do to convince you that I'm really me? <laughs> I go, give me that job. And he gave me that job. And then, you know, I too became one of Harvey's regular artists for, for a while until, until his demise. So no, that's yeah. Amazing. And and there, and just what you guys did. I mean, it, you know, I know we all have our, our, mutual pride par parades, you know, for what I've done as an artist and, and what I've done in my career, but, you know, just being able to open up them comics and see your names in it. It's just, I was just so proud of both of y'all, man. It's just such well, a you. great piece of art. It's just a, such a great piece of American literature. It's not just thank comics. It, it's a great Thanks, piece man. of American literature. And I, it's just, you know, something you. you guys should both be 
really proud of and 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 you know and share with the world um and speaking of sharing with the world perfect segue you guys got a new comic book fuck call it graphic novels it's comic book well we we, we the world with we did we did collaborate on um a a, a, a an anthology uh called pandemics quarantine comics in the age of rona <clears throat> josh uh contributed the, the very first story uh the cover is done by a studio mate of mine named peter rostovsky and it's about 56 pages worth of comics and stories where we rallied certain artists during this pandemic time to tell stories about what they're going through or in josh's case you, josh i want you to tell about your story and then i in my story i use my character the red hook to talk about um when you know for the essential workers when they were being um you know walking around and bringing groceries to people and they were our heroes and then there was that seven o'clock applause that everybody was giving in the city you know and i want to acknowledge that and put that down on paper and tell that story through this avatar of mine the red hook this character but josh talk about your comic yeah, I mean, I I really got to give full credit to Dean and to Whitney Matheson, its co-editor, because they really, you know, rallied all these different contributors to do this. And it was all like in the worst part of the pandemic. I mean, I think we're in the worst part of the pandemic again now. But anyway, back in May, June, you know, when things were really bad or when New York was just kind of getting past the, the top part of the curve and almost everybody in the anthologies from New York um so getting everybody to you know to to kind of remember what their focus was and to make comics about what was going on is a real favor for the rest of the world i mean i think this is an amazing document that dean and whitney put together and that i'm really you know grateful to be part of but the story i did uh, like I said, I do, you know, nonfiction journalistic comics. So it turns out that my brother, Jake Neufeld, um, is actually the, like, uh, assistant director of emergency management at a cancer hospital here in New York. And um, th the stuff that he did behind the scenes as all the surge was happening and the, and the hospital was dealing with um, all these COVID patients and um, people, you know, staff and, 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 uh, frontline workers who worked there who were coming down with the infection, um, just how they were able to keep all the supplies coming behind the scenes and making sure that enough equipment was being delivered to everybody and um, was really phenomenal. And I thought like a story that needed to be told because those people, you know, they don't look for uh, publicity and, and they don't think of themselves as as important, but they really are because without them, these these hospitals and these frontline workers wouldn't be able to keep going. So, basically, it's like what a six page story mm -hmm. um, that you know talks about Jake's job and what was the worst day, like sort of when everything when the shit hit the fan in like six different ways, and he had to tie off all these loose ends and come up with you know all these solutions for things to make sure that the hospital was able to do its job that day. So. That was uh, my contribution, and I did some design work on the on the book overall too. So you know, it was really nice to just be part of this really cool anthology. And the best thing about it is it's a fundraiser for mm -hmm. the Hero Initiative, which Dean, you could talk a little bit about what that is. The Hero Initiative, basically, in a nutshell, benefits artists in need, and in particular, cartoonists in need. So you know, a lot of us get older, 
And, you know, we've been working for Marvel and DC and we don't own anything. I mean, we have no retirement plan. Exactly. (laughs) And like at least me and Josh own some of our characters or your stories, your personal stories. Right. But when you're drawing Spider-Man, Marvel, you know, ultimately gets that money and and turns some of those ideas into more IP, you know, that then they exploit in the movie. And that's great. That's wonderful. I mean, if you know that going in work for hire, that's what it is, you know, but, you know, it's very few people that are uh, very few companies that are loyal to their creators. Right. So, you know, we're living in what I call the Patreon age right now. Right. For a lot of us, you know, I mean, everyone's trying to make, make their own way right now. And in a way we were, we were like, like, like high school taught us because we, I, me and Josh wanted to do comics and you wanted to rap and there wasn't any study for that or a diploma for that or whatever. You had to carve your own path, you know, and, and it kind of kickstarted us, for lack of a better term, to continue how to innovate our careers, you know, and every year, I, I don't know what I'm doing in January. I got to figure it out, you know, and that means right now as I'm doing work right now on the Red Hook, you know, season four called Blackout on Webtoon, which is free on your phone right now. You can go read it. Um, I need to figure out the next gig. Am I doing season five or do I have to come up with something else? I don't know, you know, or I also write plays and I'm coming up with TV show ideas. You never know. I love stories and I love crafting stories. And that's that's the path that that I that I walk down. It's amazing. And it, and again, you know, if, uh, you know, once we kind of put out the podcast and, and continue to do that, but for anybody here, you know, who can spread the word, you know, go to DeanHaspiel.com. Um, he has all the links on his website to all of the different um, places where you can help these, these artists. And I think he said something really important that I hope that all of you that are making comments can kind of spread the word that, you know, these men and women who, ink and draw the your favorite cartoons whether it's black panther whether it's you know iron man whether it's you know whomever uh wonder woman superman all these people are at will employees they don't have health benefits they don't have 401ks you know whatever they're saving they're saving and they're and they're really doing their thing check to check some bigger checks than others but still it's check to check so help and support these artists Go to DeanHaspiel.com uh, and and really just see where you can help and and kind of plug in and and go get it. And the other thing, also, which I think is really impressive too, is that you can buy you can buy a a piece of art, you can buy a, a novel, you can commission one of your favorite pieces from either one of these artists or a group of artists, and say, hey, I'd love to have a, a daredevil on my wall, and you know you just. Be creative and, mm-hmm. and allow these guys to match your creativity and, and mm-hmm. have them be able to, you know, kind of kind of do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited about I'm excited about the uh, the new comics. I'm excited about what you guys got going on. And um, one of the funny stories, obviously, I don't know how much Josh knows, but um, so I was going to st- there was a time a couple of years ago where I had sold my story. They call me search. We were going to do a TV show and Dean had started to ink what my character was. Um, and we sold the show and the company we sold the show to was Weinstein company. Oh, nice. And it was Don't. two months before Harvey Weinstein's 
the, uh, the, the, the situation came out. Um, but it, I lovingly say that it, my show has now been replaced by Dave. So little Dickie now does my show, uh, which is a great, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's there a great show, but if you, if you watch Dave, it's literally the, the 2020 version of, you know, they call me search, except, you know, he's doing his thing uh, now. Yeah. And, and, and he's, you know, I, I lovingly say, I say, look, I can't knock a guy who's telling my story when he's got 48 million followers on social mm-hmm. and I got 20,000, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it's the same thing over and over again. We, we have to tell our stories. We have to be able to tell our stories while we can and not let, you know, somebody else tell them. Well, um, that, well that's something else that I want to bring up earlier about high school is, like, you know, we're taught, oh, to be like that person or you have to go that road in order to ratchet up the ladder, whatever. And really what you ultimately walk away with is pursuing who you are, discovering who you are uh, as a person, as an artist. What, you know, what are you commenting on in, in the world? You know, um, learning, learning how to um, speak up for yourself and deal with conflict. You know, like you talk about anxiety. Uh, that rapper who, you know, we, we all have anxiety. It's just being able to push through it and, and embrace it in some way, you know, and turn that into creativity of sorts. I, I wanted Pumice, Pumice, do you want to show a, a high school thing? Do you have that anywhere? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yo, the thing that's great about this, let me just hide, let me hide this. Murph, Murphy's Law, by the way, said, he said, thank you for the recognition, guys. But so Josh Newfeld has a great, but my quote crushes all these motherfuckers. It's the best. Quotes. It's the if best. I, if I had a dollar for everything I learned in school, I'd have a dollar. M&A <laughs> 85. Get it right. That <laughs> was not a test, people. I thugs mine. From 85, I thugs mine. Josh, you are so Jewy in that picture. <laughs> Yo, are you, are you sure your name is not Jewy Newfeld? Or Nosh Jewfeld? Right, Nosh Jew. What is your, I can't see what your, what, what is your quote? My, what? My, My nose? nose is blue. What color is your shoe? <laughs> it's, it's the anti-quote of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's uh, that's it's, great that's great what, what, is, what, is dean, what does dean say what did dean say uh, impromptu uh it's supposed to be impromptu surgery with the mcculloch oh right the, impromptu surgery with, surgery with the, but basically with that so what that's it was a leather face reference right it's a leather face reference yeah Texas stephen Chainsaw. king uh, I forget what book it, I think it's called Dance Macabre and he was writing about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I was such a fan and I love that you know and a McCulloch apparently is a type of chainsaw yeah it and is he, so anyway that, that and of course no, that's it's great. obscure and weird and they, and they spelled it wrong they called it survey instead of surgery oh I and know then, and then Josh did I don't even know what those boxes are no, that, that was Bill DeGene Oh, that was, yeah. He added the, uh, the, oh. the optional checks boxes, I believe. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. God, that's amazing. Another shout out to Phil. Jesus. <laughs> that's right. Jesus. Phil is getting more love than your magazine right now. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. Search is but I, I, I got to say, though, search, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a game. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but it was so incredible. Like when you, I was like, wait, third base, MC Search. What just happened? And you blew up, man. That was insane. 
you know? And, and I remember one time, I, it might have been like a few years after maybe the first and second, uh, third base albums came out or whatever, and you were just big time. Um, and I was walking down the street, I think it was West Broadway or something like that. And you saw me come in and I saw you and I don't know, I, I don't know what, you might have been in front of a music studio or a Def Jam or something, I don't know what it was. And you picked me up and gave me the biggest bear hug after we hadn't seen each other in years and lifted me off the ground and just swung me around. And you just made me feel so special. And you never know, like, People get famous and they can be jerks and they can forget, you know, people they went to school with, whatever. But you were right there. You snapped me right back and it just felt so good. And I was so proud of you for what you did. And your music, you know, people know your music. Everyone I talk to knows Pop Goes the Weasel or Gas. At least they know that stuff. Right. right. And it's incredible to have that, you know. So what, what I tell people all the time and I still tell people to this day, even when I do interviews, my greatest moments were not in third base. My greatest moments weren't as an artist. My my, my greatest moments were the high school of music and art and mm. LaGuardia. Those are the greatest years of my life. Nothing, nothing. I mean, besides my children and the right. my children and, and being a father, nothing compares to that. There is no, I mean, I can tell you stories of, of you know, we, I mean, we sold out Wembley. You know what I'm saying? Like 140,000 people and still nothing compares to those years in the lunchroom watching Ricky D and Dana Dane doing Hillbilly Girl. You know what right. I'm saying? Oh, right. Whitney Matheson, loving this That's conversation right. and not just because Josh said nice things about me. <laughs> XOXO, wait a minute. What's up with XOXO, Whitney? What? Yo, Josh. Hugs and kisses, Josh. What? What's going on with you and me? <laughs> Splash! Trying to start drama here. I think she's also giving giving me a date because I didn't mention a name and I was going to Whitney. <laughs> Whitney sure. was very important. Sure you making pandemic speaking, and also speaking of Oberlin and speaking <clears throat> of speaking of Oberlin in Ohio, we got the great Gary Owen, uh, the great comedian, is going to be on in a minute. He's actually Sweet. on. Uh, he's on set right now, so we're waiting for him Sweet. to get off. Um, that's what she said, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, you don't like that one? <laughs> no, well, we, gosh, I'm sorry. Oh, but one other thing. Uh, I need to get in touch with Jake because, you know, our other company sells PPE to New York, to North Carolina, Georgia. So if your brother needs anything uh, for any of the hospitals that he does work with, we need to contact me because our company in New York, we bring in four to five million pieces of PPE a day into wow. the U.S. Okay. So yeah. cool. I'd love to help any way I can. Um, cool. So, guys, once again... Red Hook. Red Hook, Josh. What do you got, Josh? Uh, I'm working on a piece about COVID, believe it or not, and the way that it um, that uh, African-Americans are dying at two and a half times the rate of white Americans and sort of uh, wow. look back at um, the Spanish flu pandemic of 100 years ago right. and some of the stuff that was being done, um, how the black medical establishment back then was trying to fight against um, this idea that there's immunity in the black community, which is this very insidious myth that's been going that's gone back in american history for 150 years or more um and uh uh the story kind of traces that and it's based on an article um written in, uh, in the 
Annals of Internal Medicine by three African-American, uh, well, two women of color, three women of color, two of them African-American that I interview for this piece and sort of go back into the history and stuff. And, and that's going to be coming amazing. out soon. It's intense and it's, it's a, a way to bring, you know, this information to audiences that maybe aren't seeing it in the news or in um, on TV or whatever. And that's another, well, that, that's another reason why I think comics are, are, are such a great medium. Cause they well, can I can tell you, Josh, I can, I feel very confident saying, this and so far we've sold one show so far because of the podcast so i can tell you right now i know that there's someone at own who would love to buy that idea so we need to talk about that because i know for a fact there's somebody who would buy that at own <laughs> that we work with through forums that's awesome and, and if, I, if josh yeah, real quick, people talk to my people <laughs> wait 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 what people you are my people <laughs> fuck you all right <laughs> don't fucking send me to the lawyer or the manager i have fucking gary owen talk about you in his fuck next fucking act <laughs> <laughs> sounds good so I, there's something i want to spring on you search but before yeah. we do that josh quickly because we're on a podcast do you want to uh briefly tell search and his people about the podcast we did yeah. Uh, so Dean and I recorded uh, a, the first season of Scene by Scene with Josh and Dean, which is about the guy we were talking about before, Harvey Picar. And it's basically like a scene by scene breakdown of the movie American Splendor uh, starring Paul Giamatti. Um, I got the idea originally because I was a fan of this show, Star Wars Minute, which is a kooky show where they literally watch the movie Star Wars and all the sequels and they they break down each minute of the movie in a full episode of a podcast. Wow. So this is like taking obsessiveness to a whole new level. I love um, that. But they're, you know, they're huge nerds, obviously. One of them is actually a, a comic book artist uh, named Alex Robinson, who's sort of in our same uh, universe of Dean and I. And, um, but they're really funny. You know, they love the, they love the franchise, but they're willing to make fun of it. And, and they just really have a good time getting into the minutiae of the movie. And I got the idea seeing that Dean and I have this background as both being illustrators for Harvey and having known him through the course of before he made the film and after the film came out and, and all of that stuff of us talking about the, the movie um, scene by scene, particularly because Dean was actually very intimately involved in the movie getting made due to his connections um, with Ted Hope, the producer, and then obviously with Harvey. So we sort of take it from there. And we, we talk about high school. I think you, you probably came up at some point in the yep. pod yep. and um, it, it, it goes in depth into, you know, what it was like working for Harvey, what it's, what the life of a cartoonist nowadays is. And then, you know, the, all the behind the scenes stuff. And we talked to a lot of the actors and producers and writers involved That's with awesome. the film, as well as the directors of the movie. So it, it got, it, it was fun to I, do. I, and let me tell you something. I love that movie. I think Paul Giamatti is, 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 a, is just one of America's treasures. He's just totally. And, and by the way, huge hip hop head. Is that right? Like, yeah, huge hip hop head. That meant, that's like cool. old school, old school hip hop cool. head. Wow. Listen, thank you, Josh, Dean. Thank you, wait, brother, for being on. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. I I'm know sorry. you got to go. I know you got to But yes. this is an exclusive. You're about to get an exclusive for real. I Can I get the exclusive noise pumice, please? <laughs> All I ask is that if you know the, if you know what this is, don't spoil it. And Josh, don't say anything either. So pumice, if you could show this image, this is a new song coming out uh w with some legends of hip-hop called me and my microphone that i did the artwork for but it's been blacked out 
the four people involved, produced by Bumpy Knuckles, that's going to wow. be coming out at some point. And then you can try to figure out who the four uh, people involved with Bumpy I, Knuckles. I think I think be. I I think I got I think I got three of them. For there's four. only three people there. There's, there's four. four. There's four. Yeah, no, it's four because there's one in the bottom. There's one in the that's, bottom. That's, that's what she said. Oh, and I thought that was Bumpy Knuckles. That's, that's not Bumpy Knuckles. There are four okay. people no, there. They're not. So I'm gonna say the one oh, on the bottom right. Are we allowed to guess out loud? You can guess, and I'm not going to say anything. I oh, can't, then, I, no, can't then, then no, no, no. But that's a that's not a fun game. game then. That's incredible. So when is that being dropped? When does that drop? That I'm not sure yet. But I got the the green light yesterday by by one of the people involved in that project uh, to be able to do that little teaser. And thank you very much for letting us do that. No, no, no. That's no doubt. And and we want to learn more about that um, yep. when it comes. I'm out. pretty and, sure three. These are three of them. <laughs> Buy the dollar for everything I learned in school. I have a dollar. I'm in a run things 85. Get it right. That's right. All right. I love you guys. Thank you. Love you too. Thanks so much. No worries. We're going to pay some bills and come back with the legendary Gary Owen uh, in just a few. This is the Search Says Podcast.